cliffcentral.com. Well, we're going to talk to somebody this morning who's hopefully going to clear up a lot of very confusing terminology for us, as well as uh, share her real energy and enthusiasm for a cause that she's been working on pretty much her entire life. She's an incredible guest, and I'm happy to have her on the podcast. Fiona Dawson is her name, and Fiona is an Emmy-nominated and award-winning filmmaker. She has been uh, a member of the LGBTQIA2 plus community, also DEI expert. She's a sought-after speaker and a content creator, and she's just written an incredible book, which I think is going to get an enormous amount of attention all over the world. She's written a book called Are Bisexuals Just Greedy? (laughs) And it offers all kinds of explanations, which I think many people are looking for. And uh, I hope with uh, the questions that we've got for her today, we'll settle some of those answers too, so that we can move forward and be more inclusive and be more useful as human beings to each other. So Fiona, it's such a pleasure to have you on and thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you, Gareth, so much. That was an incredible introduction. Oh, <laughs> well, listen, I mean, you're a hugely, you're a hugely accomplished person. What made you decide to write the book in addition to, you know, Emmy awards and all kinds of other things? Yeah, it's funny. I had, um, I've made a two minute animation that you can find on YouTube explaining the difference between the word cisgender and transgender because it was a question that I got a lot and all through my work with trans military and I thought I just want to make a little video so if anyone asks they can just go look at this and find out and then once I had done that I started realizing oh there's so many other questions that I commonly get asked so I was like writing these scripts to turn into film or animation and before I knew it I realized oh my gosh I think I've actually got a book here (laughs) let's just do a book first you know because I need to get this content out in the world so it's just a matter of like having something that's like stuck in your head and you can't control yourself. You just have to like expel it. And so getting a book together was like the easiest way for me to do that at the time. Well, you, you mentioned trans military, which is, mm. uh, your, your, your documentary and that premiered at South by Southwest. I think it was back in 2018. Correct. Um, and that's won plenty of, of awards and nominations for awards. And, uh, you've, you've been living in America for a long time, but I can mm. hear that you're not from America originally. <laughs> And, and I think I, I think you and I are of about the same age cohorts as well. I think so. I, I think we are. I uh, yeah. People ask me where I'm from, and I say, well, the accent is from England, but I'm from Texas. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was born and raised in the UK, but I left in '98 and volunteered in Bangladesh, and then uh, worked in Portugal, and then ended up in Houston, Texas, in the year 2000. So I've li- been living in the states now for over 21 years. So. Um, I feel I feel more American these days, even though I've retained this accent somehow. <laughs> yeah, and Austin is such an amazing and interesting mm. place with, uh, you know, just the most incredible collision of all kinds of cultures in America. And it's also one of the places I, I was at South by Southwest, I think, for, for three years of, of the, um, the incredible festival they do there. Yeah. And, you know, the people you meet, it's just extraordinary how, how diverse and varied all of their interests are. Oh, yeah, completely. Like, so Austin is where I am now. After Houston, I went to New York and I always longed to come back to Texas. Um, one, because it's hot and cheap. <laughs> uh, but two, <laughs> it's like, it is like an, uh, a rich culture of um, diversity and intersectionality. And people often don't think that about Texas. You know, we've got this like um, stereotype that we're, mm. you know, we're very, very conservative. And while I think <laughs> politically there are some very conservative yeah. people in power, it is just a gorgeous mix of culture. And yeah, South by an incredible experience. <laughs> now, you said something amazing just now, and, and you mentioned how you get all these questions and people have so many questions about how we, you know, how we're meant to use pronouns, who's in the LGBTQIA 
plus and 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 who knows because they might be adding some more letters while we're busy with this interview oh i'm sure they are (laughs) the fact is that that a lot of people are very scared to even ask these questions because they're worried about stepping over some invisible line they're worried about getting into trouble and there have been innumerable cases throughout the last i don't know probably five to six years when it's really become one of those front and center issues where Mm -hmm. where people have been um I suppose cancelled. Uh, people have been uh, reprimanded, much worse in some cases, for for getting it wrong. So it's not surprising to me that there are questions, but it does surprise me that people are asking them, um, mm-hmm. and and that and that they're actually brave enough to stand up and say, "Hey, look, I, I don't really know what the the two A or the the plus or what you know what is the difference between X and Y, and you know how do we figure this out? Do do you find people are scared to ask? Yes, I do, and I think that we're living in a very exciting time where we're getting to explore and kind of break the binary of gender and sexuality. Um, I think one of the reasons why I wrote the book is because people are scared to ask, but people that know me know that I'm somebody that you can ask. And I feel like there, you have to start with self-awareness. Everybody, you know, whether you identify as LGBTQ or not, like getting to know yourself first is really the first step to getting to know other people. And I think that once you've kind of done some exploration yourself on like your own gender identity and what does gender mean to you? Like maybe gender just is this like binary bucket over here. You know, you know, you're a guy. I don't even need to question it. I can just get on with my life. But I think if even if you've had that recollection of yourself, hopefully that can then lead you to think, well, hang on, does not everybody feel like that? Like, does somebody feel different from me? And then the second, you know, step is like learning about other people and kindly and courageously asking questions in a respectful way, like being able to judge when it's appropriate to ask a question, uh, you know, and when it's not. And I think that when you can acknowledge like your own identity first, um, then I think it's um, the question to the other person can be a lot easier received as well. And I think the more education and like quality but inviting education we can have out there for people to be able to do the research before they ask other people's question I think the better because some people don't want to have to be like an encyclopedia of their own body parts or you know their own their own minds and and it is it is always changing and it does feel like it's a bit of a minefield so I think many people just avoid even trying to educate themselves because it feels like you're you're just going to get into trouble no matter where you go you know, and I, I know that we're being sensitive on that side of the scale. And there's obviously the, the sensitivity on the other side of the scale where people in that community are completely ignored. And, uh, and, and there's, there's plenty in the modern media about, you know, kind of how we're all starting to evolve into a world where there are all these different categories that people can belong to. And I think we're almost at a point, I don't want to jump the gun here, but we're almost at a point now where this is part of you know, the dialogue. It's part of what people do. You kind of meet people if they're a they at a party, you just call them they. Exactly. It's, it's really actually not that hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it does strike me. It does strike me, though, that so many people in this world are also just looking to be special. And, and again, this is no reflection on the LGBT community. But in general, a lot of people are hoping to have something about them that makes them memorable, that makes them... Uh, interesting that that makes other people want to be with them talk to them enjoy a you know conversation with them uh and and perhaps more but it's it's hard to do that these days with social media with people having avatars with having Mm. you know a separate identity online to the identity you have in real life 
did that also have something to do with the the desire to put this book together? Ah, desire to put the book together because I want to be special. No, 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 no not not for you. I'm, I'm saying that there are so many people who have so many places to put their personality now, and yeah. we all have this. We all have an online and a and a real life personality. And yeah. for some people, the online one is closer to what they really are. Yeah, I think that it does feel like it's a wash. Like it's so easy to get lost, I think, as you say, in people trying to leave their imprint on the world, you know, or have their legacy. And for me, it's like I, there was a time like a few years ago where I was extremely intimidated by all of the personalities and the influences emerging on social. And I think that what I learned to do is to be able to like redirect my mind away from that and just know that I don't need to compare or judge myself compared to that, you know, judge myself next to them. Like I am me, this is my life. I've discovered my internal voice and therefore I'm just going to do what comes naturally to me. So I would say like writing the book really came from an inherent feeling that it was needed in the world. And this is, how I can contribute. Because uh, part of me really wishes that I was an incredible TikTok influencer. Like I, was, I wish I had millions of followers on TikTok, but I know that I can't. Like I'm boring. <laughs> like, I'm like your old auntie Fiona. Like when I came out as bisexual, I uploaded a video on YouTube that really now looks like a dinosaur was trying to like enter the internet, you know? And I, so I just think that, at, at a certain point. I hope you didn't delete it, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's out there. I would, I would change the language slightly. It's not, you know, it, it shouldn't be cancelled yet. <laughs> but, 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 you know, that's, but just realizing, okay, like, we can't be everything to everybody. And you just sure. have to figure out, like, what is it that I can do best? <laughs> and, and I think that me uh, talking, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear or use sex words you can on your say show. Anything you like. I mean, anything you like, like, the dedication is for my dad. And it says, dear dad, please just skip the parts where I talk about blowjobs. And so I feel <laughs> like rather than being a TikTok influencer, I can just be racy in a book and I can get people's <laughs> attention talking about blowjobs. How's that? Yeah, I, I found it's, um, it's always easy to have these conversations if you do have a bit of humor and, and, <laughs> yes. and you know, and, and, and not, not take yourself too seriously because I have, I have been involved in a few where it got quite unpleasant and hairy because it became all about, you know, kind of, you didn't get this right. Therefore you must be one of these hateful people. And I was, I, I you know, I like to, I like to take myself less seriously, um, in those situations, but some people really do take it very seriously oh, and you're always in trouble. Yeah. Oh. I mean, and I think I actually wrote that in the book somewhere is like, you know, the point is not to take ourselves so seriously or take life so seriously. So, you know, while on the one hand, the book is like an instruction manual on how not to be an asshole, you know, um, but, but on the, but on the other, it's like, you know, just tongue in cheek jokes about stuff. It's like, you know, why, you know, why do we have to get so het up about things? All mm. it is is a simple conversation about getting to know other human beings better, and that should be fun and delightful, you know. Yeah. It shouldn't be a climate of counselling everybody just because they F it up, you know. Yeah, precise, especially if they're comedians. They're just, you know, everybody's an <laughs> equal equal moving target. And, and God knows what we're talking about now. Someone might pick this interview up in 20 yeah. years' time and say, look at those two, how out of step they are now. <laughs> And that's, that's in, in, invariably history is going to make all of us look really silly one day because they'll 
they'll be thinking about how you know how could these people eat meat how could they um, how could they use coal to, to make electricity what kind of primitive man are we dealing with here? exactly or or what kind of primitive person not just primitive per, man right per, per, very good okay so let's go down the rabbit hole here because there's so much okay. I, I could talk to you in in general terms all day mm. and we wouldn't run out of things to talk about but Mm-mm. people have specific questions so first of all there is this this sort of parent definition of cisgender and transgender. Cisgender is, as I understand it, and this is where you're going to have to help me, cisgender is I'm female. I was born into a female body. I feel like a female. I uh, interact with the world as a female cisgender, or in the case of male, just replace the word female in that sentence. Is that about right? And then transgender is different. Yes, um, I. it is about right. I would use slightly different language. Um, help first me. Of, what's, first what's the right all, language? First of all, so the audience should know that this, the word cisgender is spelt with a C. It's C-I-S-G-E-N-D-E-R, cisgender. And then, of course, transgender. We've seen a lot, T-R-A-N-S, gender. And so they're both Latin words, actually. So um, take the beginning part of the word. And cis, C-I-S, means aligned in Latin, whereas trans means crossed over. Crossed. So the first thing to understand is that sex or genitalia let's say is between your legs and gender is wired between your brains in your ears you know wired in your brain between your ears and so um if you are cisgender it means when you were born let's say male for let's use you as an example gareth you were assigned male at birth i'm making the assumption that you're cisgender by the way which look, is rather rude, i mean so now people, think about pe- your genitals well yeah <laughs> people people say i look like ellen degeneres so it's confusing <laughs> Maybe a little no, chunkier than yeah. <laughs> happy, happy between the ears and down there. It's 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 fairly aligned. It's fairly it's aligned. Just, okay. Right. So you're assigned. We say that the language is assigned male at birth. So you were assigned a sex at birth. You know, babies can't speak at that time, so they can't say, "Hey, I know, I know what my gender is. <laughs> I know what my sex is." Um, so if you were assigned male at birth, and then throughout your life you grow up and your brain knows that you also identify with being male, therefore you are cisgender. Most people in the world are cisgender, you know, over 95 probably, 95% at least plus people in the world are cisgender. If you're trans, it means that, um, say you had been assigned male at birth based upon the genitalia that you had between your legs, um, but as you grew up, you knew that your gender was different from that. Um, and let's say that you knew that your gender was female. And so that would potentially make you transgender. It means that your genitalia and your gender are not aligned. They're crossed over. So if, genit- if <laughs> junk and gender are aligned, you're cis. If they're not aligned, uh, you're trans. Um, and that is like a very bare bones binary way of explaining it. Because, of course, gender is on a spectrum. There are many genders between male and female. And also there are genitalia um, that is uh, on a spectrum between male and female as well. We can't ignore that one in 100 individuals are actually born intersex. That means that they have any variation of male and female sex tissue, chromosomes and hormones. And so I think that when you realize, like acknowledge the um, existence of intersex individuals and you acknowledge the um the uh, the presence of non-binary individuals and you expose that there is this binary in the excuse me this non-binary in the middle there's this spectrum you can see actually oh yes of course it would make sense that all human beings could exist across a spectrum because everything in life is a spectrum things aren't actually 
binary buckets. And so it's really cool to like break that down and start to see life and humans in a very like non-binary way of seeing there's many more than just these two different buckets. But aren't, aren't, aren't those people who are non-binary really just exceptions to a rule? Like in, you know, most kind of animal species, that's the situation that exists. And I, I, I know that we're, you know, immediately you tend into, the, oh, well, then you must be some kind of hater because you don't believe it. I'm, I'm sure people can, can be pretty much anything they want to be. And these days, you know, you do have people who identify as, I know, pony kind or whatever. But, but the fact is that humans are largely a gender dimorphic species and, and we're, we're mostly male or female and how we interact sexually maybe on a spectrum but this is quite new thinking i mean we're not talking about you know 500 years of of this being part of the the the, the philosophical wisdom of humanity right <laughs> trying not to crack up because <laughs> um who created the rule gareth <laughs> where did this rule well, come from <laughs> well i mean it's just it's evident in in biology for start you did mention one of those people in a hundred who's who's intersex but right th- those people that used to be a medical category and it is a medical category. And sometimes those people identify as X or Y. And I don't mean to use those because they're the chromosomes, but right. they, they are really a very, a, a tiny, tiny minority of, of the total number of people who live in the world. So I would say again, like let's bring the conversation to remind us that there are differences between sex and gender. Right. Um, because while sex is like but the idea that they're separate, sorry, what I want to get to is yeah. the idea that gender and sex are separate is a fairly novel idea. It, I would not, it's not a novel idea. In fact, um, scientists, um, okay, it's novel in the last decade, I suppose, the separation of sex and gender. However, let's go back like a few hundred years when we're talking about um, putting people into gender buckets. And um, that is not a novel idea. In fact, like non-binary two-spirit individuals have existed and been documented in time since before Jesus was documented into the Bible. So it was actually through colonization era, uh, like a few hundred years ago, uh, where people came in and said, okay, um, here is the social construct of gender. Men must do this. Women do, do this. You know, we're going to make the assumption that everybody is straight. And so it's kind of like these um, buckets, this structure was imposed upon us. And so now is the time to decolonize the, our worldview of gender and sexuality in that way. This, this, um, it does bleed, now it bleeds across from, because science has never really had a different category for gender from sex. Science is always just sex. Science isn't particularly interested in what's going on in your head. That's psychology. And then there's this idea that this also bleeds into politics. And so what you're talking about with words like decolonize and all the rest of it is, <laughs> is a much more kind of leftist progressive um a a a a more i mean this is this fits right into certain categories of political philosophy rather than anything to do with gender it just seems to have become gender's the new thing to decolonize because we've (laughs) talked about all the others do you know what i mean let me i can understand why you would say that um i personally try to avoid getting into a political bucket of this because I don't want to politicize this because quite frankly it's not political people of any political persuasion can identify outside of the binary buckets of gender and I think that we I personally in my work want to create an but environment the, where everybody you know feels welcome to have that dialogue and feel like a part of that right no no I think that's um, absolutely that's absolutely the healthiest way we could all get along is to, yeah. is to depoliticize things unfortunately though 
this kind of language does tend towards the sort of postmodern idea of everything's being socially constructed yeah. and you know nothing it's nothing is our own uh, our own fault there isn't any agency in us it's all because right. the system whether it's a patriarchy or whether it's you yeah. know cisgender norms or whatever they might be have been imposed on people for thousands of years it's yeah. just completely disregarding all the other things that have been happening over those thousands of years which humans have just started to accept as natural kind of law um you know gender dimorphism and the idea of evolution and the idea yeah. that naturally they're going to be people who fall outside of a norm. In fact, normally they're the most interesting people in society, aren't they? Yes, definitely. And I think, unfortunately, this language has become politicized. It shouldn't be politicized. It's like, you know, people, so politicians of all political persuasions are using the language to make it politicized and fire people up and create this mm -hmm. conflict. And, and that frustrates me so much. You know, I think that we should I, w I would love to move the dialogue outside of um, a make of a political conversation and making it that way, because quite frankly, we're talking about human beings and like the human race and how we can evolve all across the planet. And one of those ways is getting to understand ourselves at a deeper level and understand other people at a deeper level as well. Um, so, you know, it, it shouldn't be politicized. And even when I say like, Gender is a social construct. Just because I've used the word social doesn't mean that I'm now like yeah. going to like lean left liberal, you're, you know. You're off to read <laughs> the Marx. Yeah. Exactly. I, 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 you know? I don't, I don't actually, I think that that's probably the, the safest place for, because I do think that then, the, you know, trans people or, or lesbian or gay or bi people get pulled into a, an argument they didn't ask for. Exactly. By people, by people yes. who have, who are using a, a certain discussion for their own political advantage but i yeah. do want to move on to some of these other questions because we can get mired in this all day mm. um so you've got to explain this to me it came up in a conversation with some friends the other day what is the difference between someone who's pansexual mm. and someone who's bisexual <laughs> love that question it is actually <laughs> chapter 12 of the book um but, uh... <laughs> i can i can help explain it um i'll start off with by the reason why the book is called are bisexuals just greedy is because my father, <laughs> when I was like a teenager. Yeah. I didn't come out as bi till like later in life, like in my early thirties. And so right. I was a teenager and my dad just suddenly blurted out, I can understand men being gay and I can understand women being lesbians, but I think bisexuals are just greedy. And I never understood, you know, what that meant. And, um, so I had to explore it later in life. <laughs> and, um, I so when you, when, hang on, what, what yeah. he meant is you'd walk into a party, uh, and, and this obviously once you'd realized that you were bisexual. Right. And instead of having a 50% chance of the audience and finding someone that you might like, you had a 100% chance of having But the that. thing is, okay, so I was like doing the calculation. It's so funny you brought this up because I was brushing my teeth the other morning thinking one day someone's going to ask me, it's now, oh, you know, now is it good having a 100%? But if you think about it, you don't have a 100%. Because, all right, let's just take like men and women in a binary bucket. Let's say, um, on, on the male side, take out the gay guys because the gay guys aren't going to be interested in me. So that leaves only like the straight and the bi guys. And then on the women's side, 
only the lesbians and the bi's might be interested in me. Most all the straight women aren't going to be interested in me. So it's not a hundred percent. No, and, you know, and you use the word might because they might not find you attractive, but you might not exactly. find them attractive. Either. Yeah, yeah. In the same way, straight people are the problem. Besides, lesbians don't really like bisexual people very much. So let's take out fifty percent yeah. of the lesbians. In as fact, well. I mean, this is this is another thing that you bring up. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, no, but a lot fine. of a lot of the gay and lesbian community actually don't believe in bisexuality. No. Because they think they think bisexual people are just in the closet, right? They we're just greedy and they think that we're in the closet and we're not gay enough and yeah all of those things we actually get i find as a bi person i get more <laughs> embraced by straight people than i do lesbian quite gay. probably so, especially as a um, bi woman right especially as a bi woman yes because we've got all those stigma and stereotype about how we're just promiscuous and like we're picky and choosy we can't make our mind up we're not reliable we won't be faithful you know all of that shit which you know, that could be true for anybody it doesn't any sexual orientation can have those behaviors yeah. <laughs> but i will graduate to help understand what's the difference between bi and pan because um it's very subtle difference some people like myself i would say it's the synonyms i would use them interchangeably the reason i turn okay. say bi is because an advocacy point um however there is a very subtle difference because a lot of pan people would say that they you do, do, wouldn't never use the word bi. Um, let me first of all say that bisexual does not mean it's not a binary. It's not like you're not attracted to men or women. It's actually attracted to the same as or different from you. And so I have the capacity to romantically and or sexually attracted to somebody who has the same gender as me or a different gender than me. That right. would be bi. Pan would be have the capacity to be romantically and or sexually attracted to somebody of any gender. So right. simple semantics. Like pan is any, yeah. Right. Pan is right. any, bi is the same as or different from. One of the jokes that I make about in the book, like I use the analogy of cherries. So Bing cherries are the most common cherry used in pie. So let's say straight people only like Bing cherry pie. Bi people like Bing cherry pie. And maybe one other cherry, maybe more than one other cherry. Maybe several, maybe all, but how can I possibly know? Because I haven't tried them all, so I can't tell you how many cherries. So, so your dad asked you about uh, uh, no, no, because you you were getting to a story about your dad when I first yeah. interrupted you. He yeah. asked you if, if bisexual people are just greedy. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and it was what what was the answer? Because uh, if he was right all those years ago, maybe he knew something about you you didn't even know. Maybe like he was baffled. Like when I first came out as a lesbian and he was completely confused and he was like, but you had boy posters on your room as a teenager. Like this makes no sense. But I was a solid lesbian for seven years. You know, I mean, I never thought I was going, <laughs> going anywhere else. And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> when, when I came out as bi, my dad's like, well, that makes much more sense. <laughs> Well, I, I know, so I know two girls. They, they coincidentally got married last year. Yeah. Um, they were, they were both into guys before they met each mm -hmm. other. Yeah. And it's possible. what I've always found really charming about the idea of bisexual people and many of the ones that I know. Yeah. Is, is that it seems, and by no means am I trying to grade anybody or say anyone's better than anyone else, but I do think that if there is something charming about bi people, it is that they, they tend to fall in love with the person or yeah. be attracted to the person, not their junk. Cool. Whereas if, you know, if you, as, as you said, just now a solid lesbian, you know, you, <laughs> you, you kind of know what you're all about down there and you know what you're interested in. And the same goes for gay guys and the same goes for straight people, right? Correct. Yes. No, I, I thank you so much because, um, that is truly how I feel like living as a bi person, other people, bi people that I know, bi pan, 
it's definitely about the person, not about the junk. And, and I will say that, um, one of the things that I came to realize, like in my own discovery of being bi, was when I came out as a lesbian, I would excitedly tell people that, yay, I'm never going to have to give a blowjob again. <laughs> and, and then when I came out as bi, I was thinking, shit, am I going to have to give blowjobs again back, now? Back at it again. <laughs> and then, but then I realized now, get this, I thought to myself, well, hang on a minute. Being a lesbian doesn't mean that you're not going to give a blowjob because some women are born with a penis and would like to keep it and yeah. have a blowjob. Right. So, so, this, is, this is where it gets very complicated, and this right? is where your dad this is where your dad shouldn't be reading, right? right. Well, that's what exactly that's why I told him like just to to, to, to not look. No, look. You know, you know, it is an, an amazing time to be alive because all of this conversation that we're having now would have been first of all um, thrown out as nonsense. In, in any previous generation. <laughs> Second of all, it would have been, it would have been treated as, as near criminal in some countries. And you know, in South Africa, to be serious for just a second, mm-hmm. we do have an enormous problem with people who are correctively raped. And, and there's some oh, horrendous gosh. stuff that happens in this country when it comes to yeah. just the gay community. Trance is a whole step further, which I believe we've still got to make much progress towards. Yeah. And while there are, I mean, even you and I will disagree on, on a m- number of things. It doesn't really matter. As long as people are, as long as people are treated with respect and are able to live their lives in a meaningful way, who cares about these labels? What really interests me though is how many people these days are comfortable talking about it and who will suddenly say, you know, you'll be at a, at a party with a bunch of people and one of your friends will come up and go, you know, I, I think I'm, a, I'm attracted to that girl. And you'll say, Oh, I thought you were straight. And it won't be a, Oh, I thought you were straight as if, you know, now we have to get rid of you. Um, it's now kind of become certainly in the, in the, you know, in the modern Western world and in some parts of the rest of it, uh, too few, if you ask me, uh, it's become much more, um, something that's not just socially acceptable, but is, but people warm to it. People are embracing of that kind of, of, of admission of that kind of self-development of that kind of acceptance of self. And that's probably healthy in any way, shape and form that it manifests. No, extremely. And I, and again, that's why I think it's an exciting time to be able to have these conversations and take them out of a political realm. Um, because mm. as you said, mentioned earlier, um, you know, violence against the community and also across the world, there are some countries where it is criminalized and, and you can get stoned to death, you know, for being gay yeah. or LGBTQ. And that's, that's the issue. Like that's the problem. Like for me, it's like, let's create an environment where all people, can express their gender exactly how they feel on the inside and express their sexual orientation and realize that this is just a part of the glorious nature of human beings. Like this is, this is not a criminal activity. And isn't it good that we can acknowledge, and I don't think we do this enough, acknowledge that the attitudes by and large across vast countries like America, where you are, Mm -hmm. have changed almost within a generation. People have, Mm Suddenly, you know, gay marriage used to be a controversial discussion. Yeah. And in, in, in pockets, it still is. But by and large, they did a, a Pew research poll not so long ago. And somewhere between when Barack Obama started off as president and said he was against gay marriage. Yeah. And by the time he left as president, people's attitudes had changed so much about gay marriage that now the default position is, sure, why yeah. not? Yeah. Why would that be a problem? It almost seems archaic to believe the opposite that's progress that we should take you know some we should take some stock of that and be proud of the fact that in many parts of the world we've moved very quickly 
Correct. And because today, one in six of Gen Z identify as LGBTQ. And out of those one in six, 72% identify as bi, pan or queer. So it's like younger generations are getting it. Like they're coming out. They're not, they're just like completely ignoring this rule, this so, unsaid rule of like, this is how you have to be and so behave. You, you, and like, you bring, yeah, go, mm, sorry, sorry. I was going to say one other thing. Okay. So. Here in America, there's um, a very conservative um, politician called Ted Cruz, um, who has been vocal against um, gay marriage or same-sex marriage and, and anything supporting the LGBTQ community. Well, his um, daughter has just come out as bisexual. And it's like when you have prominent figures whose family are coming out as LGBTQ, you can't ignore it. Like you're going to have to stop politicizing this. Like this is cool. not... Stop that happened to Dick people. Cheney as well. Remember when Correct. he was like, yes, his, yes, his daughter's lesbian. Yeah. And so, and it, and so realizing that, you know, when politicians, and I didn't want to go back into the politi- political environment, but Sorry. I just simply wanted to say, <laughs> like, fault. this is a stupid, like, this is a stupid thing to, to use for political gain <laughs> because this is like, you know, commenting on different people's hair color. <laughs> you mm. know, it's like, mm. stop, <laughs> you know, just so acknowledge. You, you, you did mention. You mentioned that Gen Z and one in six people in the Gen Z generation believe that they are or or associate with or identify as whatever the various categories were. There's a very interesting book and it's controversial. It's been banned by a number of online bookstores. It's written by someone who doesn't seem to me to have bad bona fides. Her name is Abigail Schreier. And she's identified that there is some kind of a contagion, a social contagion going around at the moment. It is cool. And young people, especially, you know, you get told you're brave. You get told, you know, well done for coming out in, in many parts of, of, you know, mm-hmm. certainly America. And they've been, they've been mapping this and they've been saying that well, young girls, especially girls, um, in their teenage years feel very uncomfortable in their bodies. There's a lot of change going on. There's a lot of social pressure on them. There's a lot of uh, bullying that happens. There's now that social media follows you home. It doesn't just stop at school like right. it might have in our generation. And, she posits the theory that there may be a thing going on at the moment, which has made it so cool. And listen, I'm, I'm all for it being cool. You know, let, let Mm. everybody be who they want to be. But if it's actually persuading some people that they may be a part of a community that they're not just so they can get social cachet, would that be worth stopping and taking stock of and being a little bit concerned about? I can understand someone positing that, but I would also look to the fact that while it's, again, it's like only one in six and it's still that's quite not a lot, easy. Though. I mean, it, that's it quite is, a lot. Certainly more, lot. Than, more than have ever, you know, been able to come out before. But the fact that non-binary people have always existed since the beginning of time, for me, it's more like a reawakening of who we always were. And I'll also say that even yeah. in a place like America where um, you might not legally get, um, you know, uh, criminalized, you know, deemed a criminal for being LGBTQ, sure. it's still not easy to come out. Like there's still high rates of bullying, there's high rates of suicide. And so I don't think people would like come out just because it's cool when you still face such backlash. Like here in Texas, um, there are, 
there's a lot of pushback against people coming out. And um, there are lawmakers who've been trying to put in some bans against um, LGBTQ people for various reasons in school. And the Trevor Project, that is a charity here that um, assists, uh, that is a suicide hotline, um, mm-hmm. saw like a massive increase in calls to their hotline. So I don't necessarily feel that it's deemed such a cool thing that a significantly large number of people would come out just because it's the cool thing. Um, secondly to that, I would also say that I think it's healthy to explore who you are. Yeah, it, it, it may be temporary, right? right? I mean, exactly. some, some, some people go through a phase. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Certainly and that's this, okay. this, you know, there, there isn't a, 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 a guy or girl who hasn't like looked at the boys' toys if they're a girl or the girls' toys if they're a boy and thought, yeah, I'd like to play with that. Who you to tell me I can't? Except me. Um, I used to hate my brother's Tonka trucks. They were so boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I, I do, again, to get away from the political, because these, yeah. these are things, and by no means am I insinuating that, you mm-hmm. know, it's so cool to be gay that, that they don't deal with enormous amounts of yeah. pushback from the community. And obviously yeah. there are places in in all the most evolved societies and even in families which are tremendously open and you know yeah. thoughtful and 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 gentle on these subjects there are many places where people still don't feel comfortable Correct. to really be themselves and we, we don't want anyone to feel like that Mm-mm. um to, to move on to something that's a little bit funnier too and i say funnier because this is again where you get into the reads and people some some of them will get upset but i find it hilarious if a straight guy yeah. sleeps with this is not okay. So you got to help me figure this out. We're going to unpack this bit by bit. The straight guy <laughs> mm-hmm. wants to make love with a trans woman. Yes. Does that mean he's gay? <laughs> now let me find the chapter for that. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you even have to check your notes. So I just want everybody no. to know it's okay if you get it wrong. Ta-da! <laughs> no, I love it. Thank you. Okay, so <laughs> I love this because this helps us like break down gender and sex so the the bottom line is no straight men (laughs) can make love or have sex or consensually (laughs) with a trans woman and it doesn't mean that he's gay so who you go to bed with is not who you go to bed as so that guy's sexual orientation remains the same and is not determined by the person that he's sleeping with. Okay. So one of the things, again, that we have to go back to remember is like, you're thinking of a straight guy and you're thinking of a cisgender straight guy and he's going to bed with a trans woman. You're already making the assumption that she's still got a penis. She may or may not have a penis. (laughs) What her body parts look like is completely irrelevant to the conversation. Um, what well, it might comes... be a hell of a surprise though in the bedroom. It, 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 it could be a surprise if you weren't prepared, but it could be a delightful surprise. <laughs> you know? I, I have a friend and, um, he's much older than, than I am. And he went off to Thailand as many, as many men have over the years to meet those lovely Thai lady boys. Oh, and yes. He, and he, he came back from his holiday and, all of his mates said, go on, tell the story about your experience. And he kind of reluctantly said, oh, no, you know, it's you know, sort of a bit embarrassing. Anyway, he eventually started telling us the story about this lovely looking girl that he'd taken back to his hotel. And yeah. they were both getting very amorous with each other. And um, they said, well, wh- you know, what happened? And he went, well, the train had left the station. So <laughs> it all went ahead. I don't know what happened. I don't know any details, but 
you can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's great because like consenting adults having sex, you should sure. just be able to do whatever you want with whatever body parts you've got, right? Sure. <laughs> Which goes down to the beauty, you know. Well, don't hurt each other if possible. There's some people yeah. who like that. But yeah, you know, yeah. don't do it against their will. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. Not against their will. And everybody's having fun. That's, I think that's what it should all be about. Um, but I can break down like in a nerdy way about the, how the, the straight guy's yep. not, uh, Go not on. gay. Explain because, to me how. Because sexual orientation is, can be broken into three things. Att- attraction, identity, and behavior. Who you're attracted to, how you identify, and mm-hmm. then how you behave. And so let's take this straight guy. He's attracted to women. Well, the trans woman is a woman. So she's a woman. Um, identity. He identifies as straight. No one can tell you your identify, uh, excuse me, your identity other than you. And behavior is therefore, you know, how, how you act on it, like where you want, you know, if you want to sexually act upon, um, your identity. And because she's a woman, again, it doesn't matter what her genitals look like. He's a straight man attracted to women and that keeps him straight. Um, but doesn't people- this, doesn't this, doesn't this completely invalidate just about every argument about coming out? Because like you, you might be caught in flagrante delicto with <laughs> with somebody, right? By court, by court, <laughs> I mean someone may walk in on you having sex with someone in a room, and assume yeah. because that person was of the same gender as you that you might be gay, right? But if you still identify in your head as straight, right? I think that you know that, what I mean. I mean like yes, this I where do. It, gets, it gets confusing because society does have a role to play in this, then, and. It can't all just be in your head because otherwise it could, it could change. I mean, you don't even know what, what kind of person you were three weeks ago and is, how, how you might be in three weeks' time. It's, it becomes very muddy, so the definitions almost run away. The thing that we need to move away from is making judgments on other people based on what their genitals look like, right? So, But that, using, seems, to be, that seems to be this, the whole point no. of any of these categories. <laughs> I mean, the thing why is, bother if we're not making judgment? Just say, you know, Fiona. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that would be great. One I mean, day. Chances of me and you having sex are very, very small. So I can say, <laughs> I was telling Fiona away. the other day. I don't know what her sexuality is. I don't know what, what her gender uh, identity is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, oh my God, my brain is getting confused. <laughs> you know, I'm still this getting over COVID. You know, this is hard. Right. This is a hard puzzle to get through. <laughs> <But> basically, <laughs> um, oh dear. The, we all have a right to be able to use the label that most feels right for us to define our sexual orientation. One of the things that we need to get away from is judging someone's sexual orientation based upon genitals. So regardless if I'm in a sexual relationship with someone with a penis or vagina, that doesn't determine my sexual orientation. I would say yeah, that that's like the right. simplest, cleanest yeah, yeah, <laughs> version yeah. of it I, I, all. But, but in the end, I mean, it kind of, it comes down to Fiona and whoever and, 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 and these are these are two people. It's it, it isn't exactly. two two meat vehicles with junk. <laughs> and, no, we've got little spirits running inside of us too. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's also where it gets complicated because I've always said to friends of mine who are in the LGBT LGBT community that yeah. the L's don't really like 
the Bs. The the Gs don't have anything in common with the Ls. In fact, that the rudest people when it comes to lesbians are probably the gay guys. Then you got the Ts, who sometimes are operating on a completely different agenda to the Ls, Gs, and Bs, because for them it's not about sexuality. It's about gender identity. And sometimes those two run into each other when it comes right. to like trans women in sport, for example. You know, a lot of lesbians who are very pissed off about trans, trans women in sport. And they don't like each other. They've got nothing in common. So when we say the LGBT community, it isn't really a community. It's a bunch of conflicting <laughs> interests, right? Are you sure you're not one of us, Gareth? Hey, you know what? These, you I, who the so hell... Well. Who the hell knows what's going on in the world these days? But you understand, like, we can't talk about a community if they actually, in the case of, let's say, women, trans women in sport, have no common ground at all. Yeah, I think that, I mean... They've all been lumped together yeah, against their will, which is precisely what straight people have done to those people for, for thousands of years. Your summary of the stereotype is hilarious, and um, and I do relate to it very very much. Um, there are, I think, there is an undertone of us that actually is a community and is there for each other. Like, you know, I'm a cis woman, and I dedicated eight years of my life advocating for trans service members, <laughs> and so, and, you know, I'm, there's more people like me who are doing um, advocacy work um, for each other as well, like not just for our own causes. Um, yeah, and then at the same time, I've heard some horrific things from lesbians and gays. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like a coalition of the disaffected in some ways. You know, they're, <laughs> they're all no, no, no. I don't mean this in a disparaging oh way. I just mean it's all these people who've been kind of thrown out of the cisgender norm uh, and, and, and the and the straight norms of of human history. These are these yeah. are groups of people who actually have very little in common with each other, other than that they were basically othered by the the straight community and the cis community for thousands of years so yeah we, we we almost have to start taking a little bit more of a nuanced approach you know someone will say they're an lgbtqia activist but actually they've done bugger all for the asexual people for thousands of years and they're not going to do anything <laughs> they're not going to do anything for the for the two spiriters you know what i mean well they don't know what asexual means to start yeah. off with so. and also what is what is <laughs> but, i mean what are the two what are the two spirit people doing in there that's very confusing because that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with gender or sex what brings up well no two spirit does has um not necessarily. To do with gender yeah not, not but not necessarily i think you could you could what, have someone who's got a two spirit and they're, they're both men for example very ordinary men in their heads a two-spirit individual does not identify as being 100% male or 100% female. And two-spirit individuals have, again, like existed for thousands of years. Um, and we're definitely, you know, here in the Americas before Christopher Columbus. Um, <laughs> but what I would. Sort of a, a Native American. Correct. Native right. American. And so what I would say though, what we have in common is our exploration of gender and sexuality. And I would say that straight people are not excluded from that conversation or that environment. Like I'm looking forward to, as we evolve in our understanding of ourselves and each of each other, you'll find that the community actually like just gets wider and wider and wider. And I think all people, including LGBTQ people are afraid of change. What a lot of the resistance that we see is fear that the status quo is going away 
And that's where people kind of like rise up and come back with vitriol and like, you know, inside the community, you know, you might say bitchy things about each other or you've got like, you know, straight people that don't get it at all, but all they see is this change and they're like, don't like change. And so then there's this fear and then, you know, you see the violence and, and, um, the stigma and discrimination but, but, against isn't people. This, isn't this but the if, whole point? I mean, you're, you're a filmmaker and you're a writer and, you know, the whole point of language really is to try mm. and make, make sense of things. Yeah. But you, you and I have just had a conversation and I completely agree with you that there is pretty much no difference between the pan and the bi, for example. So, and, and the number of people who are going to pick at that difference are going to be vanishingly small. Isn't it worth just rolling it up so that this bloody acronym doesn't carry on for kilometers and start to become a mockery? <laughs> because ultimately, no, because ultimately, look, the enemies of, of this community, if it is a community, the people who really don't, the bigots of this world, who really don't like the LGBTQ people and who have an axe to grind and who want to make it difficult for them to live their authentic lives, those people want to find a, a handle to punish them with. And it has become very muddy, very complicated. And while all of this is extremely important for people to develop and to grow and to become themselves. It's also a bit of navel gazing a lot of the time. You know, when you, when you have two sort of pan people discussing the differences between their particularly, their particular category of pan, it's, this is, this is like, you know, string theory physicists talking about the, the, the state of a quark. It's not, it, it just, it, it's something that so few of us can relate to anymore at that level that it becomes a bit ridiculous. I think it's not ridiculous to them. And we wouldn't like cancel those, um, those physicists from having their, you know, their in-depth conversation about the quark. I think, and also like bi, the word bisexual can mean different things to different people and pan. Mm. And that doesn't really matter. Like let people have that conversation. It doesn't really affect you or your life, you know, your world. You know, it's not encroaching on anything. But it kind of does these days because if you don't know this stuff and you make a misstep, it can be very, very devastating in the workplace, in schools, in universities. I think it does have consequences these days. And they go the other way some of the time, which is a little bit scary. I think that, again, like we have to go back to doing our own self-examination and our self-work and like figure out like why are you getting triggered by this? Like why does that bother you so much? And like you know, journal about it. <laughs> Think about your own gender and your own sexual orientation. Um, but also I will say, okay, Gareth, regarding language, yes, one day I hope that the language isn't necessarily needed in order to confuse people, but language has uses in forming community and in being able to bring people together. So if I have words, I don't think we have all the language that we need. That's the problem. It's the language that's limiting us. And so we're, the more conversation we have about it, the more words that we can use to describe who we are. And when you can find somebody who also feels the way you do, you feel less alone in the world. So I'd say one language is great for community, but two, we need these words for healthcare policy and for laws and protection, because at the end of the day, there is violence against the LGBTQ community and that is not acceptable. And so we cannot stop having this conversation and we cannot stop exploring the language and the words until everybody is safe and can walk the world um, in equity without being fearful of being violated and killed for who they are. So for me, it's still yeah, important. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is why this is why it's so important to talk to you about this book because there are still so many questions that are very cloudy and confusing, mm. and 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 make people nervous. That you know, they're so scared of getting it wrong 
that they just don't even ask. And, and right. that others people in a, in a far more destructive way, because then, you know, you've got this person who's almost a little bit resentful that they don't understand and they're not sure why. And on the other hand, you've got people who go, Oh, what an ignorant idiot. <laughs> Well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully the book has broken it down so that you can read this first and then you can go have the conversation. And I don't want it to be complicated. I don't want it to be, you know, I don't want people to get cancelled for asking, you know, what does pansexual mean? I I think you, I think you've you've been, you're an excellent ambassador for this because Mm. throughout this conversation, even though I'm not sure I get even half of it right all of the time. You haven't made me feel uncomfortable about it. And I haven't felt like if I ask something, I'm going to get into trouble for it. And I think that that's really important. I think that people, uh, people, we all need to expand our understanding. I also like what you said about kind of rediscovering something that's always been a part of humanity that we can maybe start to incorporate back into ourselves and, and who knows, derive some superpower out of it because it's entirely possible. I mean, maybe, maybe once people have got over, um, sex is so taboo even you know even straight cisgender sex is so taboo in some places and and still with so many people who who claim to be enlightened that right. it's probably never going to completely go away and be a non-issue Mm-mm. but there is this there is this kind of utopian idea that somewhere along the road that we're traveling as a as a species we'll get to a point where we can actually just appreciate someone as a as a person yeah. And just kind of break through all those walls and not worry about them. Completely. And I, I can imagine that through time, more and more people who label themselves straight today are going to realize, wow, I actually have a lot of things in common with LGBTQ people. I think LGBTQ people are like pushing the boundaries of gender and sexuality. And everybody is welcome to that. Straight people can push boundaries of gender and sexuality mm-hmm. too. And many of them do some of those, some of those fetishes, some people are into, yeah. (laughs) Don't know if that's going to be, maybe one day that's also a letter in the, the, uh, yeah, let's put that in the queer bucket as well. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I think you're, I think you're doing amazing work and it's just terrific to speak to someone who's as, as, uh, erudite in the way that she can get through these quite complex terms. And also you've had such experience, you're in this community, so you Mm. can help us see what it looks like from the inside that it's not this, terribly judgmental place where you know people are trying to take each other down for a definition but rather it's just a it's a way for us to all discover ourselves and each other completely and i see a lot of young kids that need adults that are respectful and including in them and embracing them in life and and that's the role that we have to play is to be able yeah, to create kids, an environment kids don't know a damn thing come on fiona how long did it take you to figure out you were bi <laughs> I mean, that's why I don't have any, but at least I'll, I'll help those that have got them, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Listen, terrific work and all the best for your book. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank um, you. And I, I hope you have an, an amazing 2022. And let's keep in touch. I, I'm going I'm to call on you again if we need to figure out some definition or some complex <laughs> concept around this. You, you're the person I'm going to. Please do. I would love that. I'd relish it. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you, Gareth. I've, I've relished this discussion with you. Thank you so Me much. Me too. Mm-mm. Cliffcentral.com.